Hi, everybody. This is Randy and Elsie, and we are working through Luke 1, 5 through 25. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time of the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zacharias asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. The first thing that came to mind when I read this passage was JP's recent sermon about Zechariah, about how if you don't believe and submit yourself to God, you you don't get to talk about the blessings he's given you. I agree with this, that it's Zechariah's punishment for not trusting immediately in the impossible and in God. It didn't make sense for him and his wife to be able to have a child in their old age, but part of being faithful is believing what God tells us, no matter how ridiculous it seems. But another thing came to mind after that. One topic the youth group discussed on Wednesday night was tests. We mainly talked about how tests from God are well-intentioned and, though difficult, can be seen as opportunities to be doing the right thing. 
I've had that idea in my mind ever since, so I began to think about Zechariah's silence as a punishment for disbelief as well as an opportunity to do better. At the prayer retreat, we practice silence as a kind of meditation, a way to listen to others, the world around us, and our own thoughts, but not our own words. While Zechariah's silence was not a choice, I expect that it made him rethink a lot about his relationship with God, about what was coming, and what it might mean to have a son who would make people prepared for the coming of the Lord. His silence, although a punishment, also made him ready to face the responsibility that the world was giving him. Yes, yes, and I love all of that. It makes me think of that part of Alice through the Looking Glass when Alice tells the White Queen, there's no use in trying, one can't believe impossible things. And the White Queen replies, I dare say you haven't had much practice. When I was younger, I always did it for a half an hour a day, while sometimes I've believed as many as six impossible things before breakfast. There is a sense that our faith is believing in spite of the evidence and watching with joy as the evidence changes. I also love that it is the man whose mouth is shut. It is the man who must remain silent, and not just any man, but the very man who is supposed to believe, who is supposed to be a leader, who is supposed to be faithful, a priest, privileged and powerful. It's another reminder that when God enters the world, all of the supposed tos, become irrelevant. It's not just that he doesn't need the privileged, the powerful, or even the faithful. It's that God chooses to work through and draw close to the weak and the disfavored. That always seems like a strange way to go about things. Why do you think God does that? I think God does that because he wants to let everyone into his kingdom, not just the privileged, the powerful, and the faithful. As you said, those titles become irrelevant when God enters the world, but it's still the world we live in, and since being privileged, powerful, or faithful often makes many things, such as believing, easier, he pays more attention to the weak, the disfavored, and the unfaithful, so that no one gets left behind. What do you think about this, and how do you think Zechariah's silence is tied to to his having to wait? I think that waiting and being silent is powerlessness. Zechariah's doubt is essentially saying, I don't believe God can do something outside of my expectations, outside of what I can speak or imagine. God doesn't respond by showing or convincing Zechariah. He responds by making him wait. It's a reminder that God's time is not our time, and we are powerless to make God's time our time but we can wait. I think that makes the season and the practice of Advent during a pandemic so meaningful. We can wait on impossible things. How do you connect this to Advent? Like Advent, this story is about waiting and not knowing. When we practice Advent, we remember how long we had to wait and that we're still waiting. But at the end of Advent, there's also the promise that the wait will be very worth the while, just as it was for Zechariah. But while we're waiting, we need to remember that we're powerless and silent. And that's okay, because God is in control. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas.
You've been listening to 900 Ackland Avenue, the podcast for the Ackland Avenue Church of Christ. If you'd like more information about our community, our church website is http colon slash slash Thanks again for joining us. God bless.